there's only one way this will work, Dan, which is national um, media editors have to be clueless enough to get roped into writing about it like it's a real thing. This, I don't think this could possibly happen. I, I think what have, needs to, for America to regain its supremacy and have like a legitimate uh, downtown uh, New York art scene, like it needs to, to maintain its uh, cultural hegemony. Um, we need to annex the Donald Duck Tavern Quadrant. That needs to be like the like downtown downtown uh, north downtown north side Manhattan is now uh, four square blocks of Montreal because the real shit's happening here. Everyone knows it. Think about this, right? Um, okay, right. When when was when was Andy Warhol sort of most active? It was in the ni- early 1960s. When did America last face down a nuclear crisis and get through it? The early 1960s. God damn it, man! You're right. I think the the only the only way, and then again, when did we? When was punk? When was detente overseen? Punk, right? When did the Cold War end? New wave. That's what? grunge. Grunge. Yeah, fine. But all of these were much more vibrant countercultural art scenes. And without a vibrant countercultural art scene, America will be unable to maintain its uh, uh, its position as the head of the rules-based international order. Exactly. That's why they have to start importing people. You know, mm. it's got to happen. You know, it's, it, um, um, as, as a first priority, I think, of um, America's national defense, defense strategy refresh needs to be uh, an improvement in um, air, land, sea, and Lower East Side art scene. That's right. Sea Punk didn't do it. Goblin Corps didn't do it, you know? It's it's that all of these people need to be taken from the internet. This is why China. This is why China is winning. Yeah, they have the Great Firewall. None of this dumb shit ever gets into there. That's right. You know they they are able to. Who knows what kind of scenes they're putting together right now? Anyway, now that we've talked about the serious politics, um, shall we discuss more? You know, like fun, fun, lighthearted stuff. Yeah, let's get fun. Yeah, like um, I don't know, maybe something and something to do with uh, the uh, ongoing. Uh, ongoing conflict in Ukraine that has no end in sight. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's uh, let's talk about the turbine. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to do some turbine talk. All right. So everybody, uh, mark down that we are doing turbine talk uh, on your uh, on your bingo cards. Uh, Dan, please give us the table setting. So the table setting is uh, there's a there's a part. Yes. It's uh, a part manufactured by uh, industrial giant Siemens. Okay. No laughing. Uh, no, no, I wasn't going to. Um, and that Sorry, po- you must have mistaken me for one of those yahoos from the Donald Duck quadrangle scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, Siemens. Um, yeah, so this part is uh, integral for uh, reg- uh, regulating gas flow in the Nord Stream pipeline. Um, now, as someone who lives in Europe, uh, I, even though my country does not um, import gas directly from Russia, I'm aware of how crucially important... Uh, that is because it's very difficult to retool an entire continent's energy supply over the course of a spring. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So this turbine part uh, needed servicing and was sent to here, Montreal, uh, to the Siemens plant uh, for servicing. And once it was here, people started talking and saying that maybe we shouldn't give it back because to give it back would be to violate sanctions. Yeah. Now, can I... Hi, I have a question uh i like having my lights on do you do you fucking yeah sure but uh here's the question do you do you like having electricity more than you uh love ukraine i would like to charge my phone 
so I can uh, put a Ukrainian flag in my bio in Twitter? Well, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that is that is a conundrum, but yeah. So essentially, uh, our government has decided to give the turbine back because, of course, we have. Because basically what happened was the, the uh, ideological fervor of these sanctions packages uh, sort of hit the brick wall of uh, real politic of energy supply in Europe. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not telling me extreme enthusiasm for acting as tough as possible without, well, sort of abrogating any kind of duty to historical memory has somehow had an unintended consequence that has put us in a kind of knot. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That has uh, name me nine other times when that has happened in the last couple of months. And I mean, I mean, also you you mentioned extreme enthusiasm. Um, so there was a parliamentary session, basically a post mortem on this decision. I know who you're going to talk about because we've talked about this, but I I am still going to be um, I'm still going to put my head in my hands when I hear the name. And ex- extreme enthusiasm really just really just comes up a lot. You this. see one fucking play. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, this this parliamentary session was kind of led by uh, by Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie uh, as part of the Liberal Party. And uh, the session starts off with the liberals kind of explaining the difficult position they found themselves in. I mean, their fucking party put together the sanctions package. It was Freeland that put together the sanctions package. And as we'll see, uh, is still pushing for the same sanctions package that put her and her party in this particular bind. Except, so, of course, when we need to do something else. Exactly. So Jolie is kind of uh, is kind of chairing this, explaining explaining what's going on, and this session is immediately derailed by uh, one Heather McPherson, who is uh, the NDP defense critic. <laughs> I'm going to say that she is the NDP defense critic. Oh, of course. So, I mean, we've I, I, last time we read uh, read parliamentary transcripts with uh, with Heather McPherson, there were some again uh, very. Uh, Let's say uh, interesting opinions aired. Yes. So just a little background on McPherson. Once again, it seems like, you know, and this is my opinion, but just from just from covering this stuff for a while, um, it seems like she was she was Ukraine pilled in a very specific way, but somewhere between 2015 and 2017. Um, it was after Maidan. Uh, there were military operations going on in Donbass. And uh, a lot of the Ukrainian Day parade celebrations, uh, I believe from 2015 to 2017, had an aspect of raising money for militias. Uh, specifically, there's a there's a CBC interview with this guy, Petro Sheshlik, who uh, at the time was the head of Right Sector Canada. Yeah, because they're the correct sector. Yes. Yeah. So that's... I, can, I assume that's what that means. That is a that is a right-wing, uh, formerly neo-Nazi group that is a political party that is based in Ukraine that had a wing in Canada run by one guy. I mean, they weren't very big, but um, essentially, you know, uh, doing, you know, making inroads and in his case, going on CBC and, and demanding that uh, the Canadian government fund uh the pacification of donbass so anyway that's that's kind of her background that's when she appeared to sort of become uh aligned with this like very nationalistic very specifically like galician western ukrainian uh vision of what ukraine should be um so so mcpherson jumps in uh, on this parliamentary session 
which by the way is about uh which is hey, about the fucking turbine the, the lights are about to go out in europe if we do not send this turbine part back to uh back to russia uh because whether we like it or not western europe is very dependent on russia for gas yes yeah. yes okay. exactly cool so that's that's the subject of the debate yeah and then what does she say so mcpherson jumps in and starts talking about a globe and mail article that cites a five eyes five eyes being a, a multi-country intelligence service um a five eyes report that russia had a kill list that had canadian embassy staff on it and that mcpherson believes that the canadian government knew about it and didn't do anything ah uh, of course the classic um uh, the and, and the classic scenario where um, essentially you are able to say uh, um, you're able to say uh, you uh, who have to deal with actually uh, governing a complex situation, um, you have not been pure enough. Exactly. And your um, and you have, your hatred has not been pure like mine. Exactly. Um, and again, I mean, it's um, it seems to be uh, I don't. Whether or not there is one, I don't see how that's relevant to the question of will the German lights go out. It's that's the thing. It's not. And and as the as the parliamentary session goes on, this incre- I, I watched this incredible thing happen where you know you've got Heather McPherson of the NDP, the defense critic, and then you've got conservative MPs um, ganging up on the liberals who have historically been you know, they've kind of been the main drivers of like supporting Ukraine, right? Even before the invasion. That was kind of their bag, mainly because of Freeland, you know, and 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 her connections with uh, domestic national, a specific strain of domestic nationalism here. So they've kind of created this hothouse media environment that now has NDP and conservative members of parliament just tearing them a new one because of an intelligence report that, in my opinion, is, I mean... I don't know whether the intelligence report is true or not. It's two unnamed sources, but I do think that it was specifically put in the Globe and Mail to sort of psychically drive people in a specific way, you know, to ratchet things up and manufacture consent for, um, you know, spending more money on this war. And, and it clearly, from watching this parliamentary session, clearly fucking backfired on the liberals. With, with When you manufacture consent, really what you're doing is you are creating the ideological room for maneuver yes. you are saying you're you're creating the conditions where you can take certain actions that will seem reasonable and justified if not uh, urgently demanded by circumstances right you are that's what you were doing yes. and I, it seems as though um what has happened is uh they are is that the liberals who also have to manage the economy and be a part of an international economy and you know, take the kinds of actions that are, um, uh, let's say, in line with their goals for things, um, have been in attempting to create the conditions for them to maneuver, have in fact restricted their ability to maneuver because they didn't see, as they pushed further, they didn't see that the wall was coming up behind them. We need to drop in some uh, burial right here because this is <laughs> this is very much an Adam Curtis moment. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yeah. 